Today, we explore the important issue of KYC or Know Your Customer. Welcome to Word on the Block, the series that takes a deeper dive into blockchain and the emerging technologies that shape our world at the intersection of business, politics, and economy. It's what we cover right here on Forecast News. I'm Forecast News Editor-in-Chief Angie Lau. Well, we're talking about one of the most critical issues in crypto and blockchain today, KYC, or Know Your Customer. Recent revelations from FinCEN files exposed over 200,000 suspicious financial transactions valued at over $2 trillion, but by some of the biggest banks in the world and the cryptocurrency industry say they are finally being vindicated by these leaks, pointing to the faults in the existing banking system. Even so, the digital assets industry is far from perfect. In fact, a recent report by CypherTrace notes that over 50% of existing virtual asset service providers, or VASPs, have weak KYC protocols in place. And as we recently heard about the arrests at BitMEX, it could be a good time to secure KYC and identity verification solutions. So how is this all going to be achieved? Well, we've invited two guests who are at the forefront of this discussion right now. Charles Day is from Multi-Factor Identity Verification Service on Fidu. Welcome. And Gunnar Jerv is the COO of First Digital Trust. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having me. Very good to be here. All right, Charles Gunner, tell us briefly uh, about your firm's efforts and activities in KYC, in identification, in verification, authentication, all that good stuff. Uh, Gunner, I'll start with you. So um, uh, I think from our side, we come from a very traditional background, um, but we operate in an industry that's uh, uh, borderless, but it's, it's defined by borders. And what happens is we have to, on a daily basis, we have to onboard clients from around the world. So the biggest question for us is how do we assure the identity of our clients if they don't walk into your office or branch and, you know, you cannot look at their ID and, uh, you know, match it with their face? How, how do we assure the, the identity and make sure that the person behind that computer is the person that they claim to be? That's, that's the biggest question for us. And that's where we sort of crossed the path with on Fido a few years ago. So, so Onfido is essentially a um, multi-factor ID verification service. Um, so that service uses a combination of both government-issued ID documents. Um, we, we support over 4,500 across 195 countries. And then we combine that government-issued ID document with a biometric with an individual's face. Um, we do that so we can essentially determine whether the document's genuine, then determine whether the, the face and the individual is genuine, and then more importantly, make sure that the individual who is submitting that document is uh, one and the same, they're the same person. Um, and we do that for companies uh, mostly at the point of registration, the, the onboarding, the KYC piece, but more and more we're starting to see companies reuse uh, our suite of services to re-verify their customers on an ongoing basis on various different other touch points. So what do you think are the critical issues uh, that faces all of us across the industry right now? And, and what are the unique ways that you're approaching the same problem? Gunnar? Well, I, I think the, the common denominator is that um, we're, we're both in new industries. Uh, I think both companies are very committed to not letting any 
sort of rogue or criminal elements um, to interact with us or to use our services. And we're sort of fighting the same fight. I think this is sort of the, the right thing to do. And that's the, that's the main common denominator. Um, on our side, we're more of a consumer in a, in a way that we're putting what OnFido is building uh, into action. But the ultimate goal is really, really actually the same. Charles? So uh, I guess it can be improved by making it essentially more accurate and more um, reliable. So Onfido's um, service essentially uses a combination of, it's an AI and machine learning model um, combined with human specialists. The, the traditional method of doing KYC is, is typically a manual process. Um, and there are, you know, that process is fraught with um, errors and inconsistencies and things that essentially just don't make it reliable. There's, you know, humans can have bad days, they can be, you know, um, have incentives not to do KYC properly. So this is where technology, um, you know, outsourcing it to a third party like Onfido, where we use a combination of both um, uh, humans and um, AI, we can essentially provide a much better result, much more reliable way of, of identifying someone and making sure that these bad actors, this this, this money laundering and, and, and so forth doesn't happen essentially. And this is actually quite interesting. Uh, I remember reading uh, a few months ago, uh, they were, they've actually done studies um, out there where they compare uh, people identifying faces and machines identifying faces. And apparently AI and computers are, are better at recognizing and matching faces than, than humans these days. So that's, you know, that's just a glimpse of what's to come in terms of implementing AI technologies and all of that that we're on our side, we are very excited about that. It goes back to the same, you know, the same fundamental issue is how do you make sure, you know, that the the face on the document is the same that's let's say on a selfie. That's that's quite amazing. Okay, so we really talk about the future of application here as well when we talk about blockchain and cryptocurrency. And critical to this issue, as you know, is is the unbanked or or how do you KYC people on the other side of this digital divide? Um, just for an example, we t recently talked with Tim Draper. We recently talked to as well Unocoin, an investment that he made uh, in India. This is a huge Indian crypto exchange, uh, the first in that country. But this is an example of how frustrating it can be for an entire nation to KYC its own people. So how do we ensure that this can be done easily? And how critical is it uh, truly for people to be able to assert that this is who they are so that they can even participate in the financial system. Yeah, I, I think uh, this is sort of a very fundamental fundamental issue. A lot of government actually, they keep track of their people and they KYC their people, you know, in, in pretty much every country. Um, when you have an ID card, you're in some sort of a government database. And I, I think this is where in the future there could be an overlap with blockchain. Um, if and I know companies that are already sort of doing something like this, where you take that identity uh, and put it on a blockchain, and then you don't have to KYC yourself every time you open an account or do anything, and that can do that can drastically increase, um, you know, uh, accessibility of banking services. If if we end up in the future like that, there's obviously issues with privacy and all of that, but I think that's sort of a thing. Um, I think that innovation will come from the private sector. Um, because governments, uh, people distrust governments these days. And I think, um, you know, companies, 
uh, and private sector needs to step up to, to build something. And blockchain could well be the tool for that to make it um, borderless in a way. Absolutely. And that, that, that's a problem, I think, that you're, that, that you're talking about that I, I don't think Onfido is going to solve, to be, to be honest. That problem of how, how do you verify someone is who they say they are, um, you know, without, uh, in, in a reliable way, without pinning it back to a government-issued ID document. So Onfido pins it back to that because that's the best form of identifying someone at the moment, then, then using their face to compare it and making sure they are one and the same. But if you're talking about the unbanked, you know, the a large part of the world where they don't have um, ID documents, um, this is this is a, a challenge. But but there are, you know, as as I mentioned, that that is a probably quite a small area of the world that the majority of people have some form of identity, and the, our coverage uh, specifically is is wide, and and our, our sort of uh, mission statement is to make this accessible for everyone. So we do make sure that the software is able to to verify almost every identity uh, document type, um, and as a result, then then it, that does include those those people, those unbanked that you would you were talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's an age old problem, right? Modernity has allowed us to KYC with much more efficiency, much more accuracy. But look, even us in Asia, it used to be the the chop, right? And then you would carry around your chop and that would be your identity, identity, or maybe it's your fingerprint. And now it's evolved to your signature. And now it's evolved to your face and uh, the identity as it's tied to everything else. So, so how does the system need to be completely redefined or is there another layer where technology can be um, that that rule of thumb that allows us to participate in the way that we need to? Yeah, I'm not sure about redefined. I mean, it, it certainly needs to be changed and improved upon. Um, I, I think the I think the problem is that everyone is looking for one simple you know solution, one one silver bullet that would, would solve this problem. Um, as you mentioned, there was, it was various different ways in the past to identify someone a signature, you know, proof of address. You know, these, as we, we see them now, are, are typically very poor ways of identifying someone because things have improved. And I hope that in the future, what we're doing now is, is made redundant because there's such, there's, there's such a better way of, of identifying someone. But as it stands, what the, tech, the technology we have in front of us um, we, we are doing the best we can to I identify someone. But even that, we're using, as I mentioned, a multi-factor approach to this because there is no simple, uh, single way to identify someone. So I think that certainly it needs to be improved upon. And I think that um, companies like Onfido are, are certainly at the, at the edge of, of getting it as, as good as it can possibly be. And I think the important thing is it doesn't need to be perfect um, it doesn't need to be absolutely, um, you know, without error, although that's the aim of Onfido. It, it just needs to be better than the manual process that it was replacing. You know, that the, as Gunnar mentioned, the uh, technology improves upon um, what a human can do by a factor of, he didn't mention the figure, but the actual factor is a factor of 14, you know, better than uh, identifying two faces. This is a comparison between uh, passport control people and AI. So we're, it's not perfect, but it's certainly the best solution we have at the moment. And I think also on our side, uh, we we come from, as I mentioned, very regulated space, and we always have to follow the guidelines of, of regulators, and we have to follow the laws. Where we would like to see more innovation is 
regulators being more open-minded when it comes to identification and how that relates to KYC. Um, Hong Kong, we're quite fortunate. The regulators in Hong Kong are, are already quite open-minded, but in, in some different countries, you know, they still take, um, you know, two forms of ID and, you know, two proof of address copies and all of that. And it, it really, statistically, it doesn't do anything. The fact that you're collecting a lot of data, um, you know, doesn't mean that you actually verified it. So it's it's more about the, the substance of it rather than the function of doing it. And I, I think regulators worldwide need to sort of critically look at what technology is out there. You know, there is like, you know, iPhones are using face scans. There is like fingerprint readers. There's million ways of identifying people. Uh, but we, we sort of need to uh, bring that into the traditional financial world. And, you know, in, in any case where um, a shared identity is required, essentially. I mean, one of the biggest criticisms of the rising trend in DeFi right now and all these crypto exchanges is that factor of anonymity. And there's a perception that, of course, the KYC is really poor, that people can remain anonymous and disappear without a trace. Where do you think that KYC should be within the innovation space, within DeFi, within crypto as this industry evolves? And, and do you think that that is important? Yes, I, I, I think so. Like, um, no financial system can exist without a level of trust. And um, DeFi is a huge experiment right now. Um, it, you know, all the DeFi platforms, they pretty much do very little KYC or if any at all. Um, in a long term, this is not sustainable. And the biggest risk there is reputational risks. Um, essentially, right now, we see a lot of hype around DeFi platforms. But I foresee that we will see some bad news coming in the next months or years. And if uh, the platforms cannot um, uh, provide trust to their clients, whether it's on making sure that they don't have bad actors on their platforms, uh, those platforms will fall into, um, um, you know, sort of into the blacklist. And people will tend to gravitate towards good platforms, ethic platforms. And I think DeFi itself has a huge potential. And I, I think the platforms, if you, you know, look into the future two years from now or three years from now, they will be very sort of ethical and very um, maybe even sort of self-regulatory in a way. And I mean, you know, it, it, it won't be like it is right now in, in a way, but it's, it's a giant experiment. So we're sort of excited to see how it goes. Absolutely. And I think the important thing there is that, that obviously our anonymity is, is why uh, crypto gains so much traction in the early days, but as, uh, more uh, legitimate people come on board and, and want to invest and want to sort of be part of this this growing space. I think that if the companies that are supporting them, if they also want to evolve and you know and be considered alongside some of the biggest legitimate players in the world, then they need to take the same sort of precautions to make sure that that money laundering and bad actors are not not uh, part of their, their pool of customers. Uh, recently, we saw the Bitmax story, right? So it doesn't matter how big you are, you know, if you don't do things properly, there is issues um, that, you know, you have to face in the future. And this could be if you're running it as a business or if there is ultimate goal to make some gains, you know, this can be very, very damaging. So I think uh, all, all DeFi platforms should be at least thinking about this, should be thinking about KYC and should be thinking about like transaction monitoring and all of that, how, how to make it. Uh, easier while still maintaining that balance and while keeping 
sort of the uh, the ethos of the whole blockchain and uh, you know the the anonymity and all of that um, you know not compromising it essentially well you know excitement for some as uh, we observe in the innovation space can be hard for others especially if you are a regulator in fact it could be horrific and that's certainly what we saw with the ICOs we are seeing it now but no doubt that that sentiment is being repeated right now in DeFi. Um, one of the most recent reports that we saw from CypherTrace is that 50 56% of VASPs have very weak KYC, which obviously increases money laundering risks uh, to both your points that this has got to change. Do, do you think that obviously the both, both of you represent the part of the industry that recognizes that KYC identity authentication verification is critical, not only to the system, but to the people who are participating in the system. But do you think that the industry's appetite needs to rise for KYC and AML? Absolutely. So I think that if you're talking about the encouraging legitimate users to to these platforms, I think this is a a great opportunity for uh, the blockchain space as a whole to actually show an example of how how well it can be done. I mean, if, if you to consider the, the potential um, revenue that you could earn from the legitimate users, it outweighs the, 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 the non-legitimate money out there by, by a huge order of magnitude. So if you want to um, t- take it to the next level, you have to show how to, to these legitimate users how they will be protected throughout this process and how the, the platform that they're entering into is is um, of the of the highest standards, and that starts with um, a thorough AML process. Um, I think that's only going to encourage people that are somewhat skeptical of of this area at the moment. One day, and that day is coming soon. I mean, if there's one thing that COVID nineteen has done, it has accelerated this digital transformation and has allowed us to really live in this virtual world in a way that um, we haven't done so with such intensity in the past. So I want to ask you, you know, look into the future a little bit for me. Fast forward, if you will, five years from now. Where do you see KYC uh, and the technology that is available to us today with blockchain? And what does our everyday activity look like as we participate in the system but with a little bit more digital know-how, a little bit more uh, integrity and KYC, and that allows me uh, to participate in the economy as a real person. In in an ideal scenario, coming from from my standpoint, I I truly believe that money laundering is is a insidious side of our, um, our community that we need to eradicate. And I think that you know, there's great work being done at the moment to identify addresses, identify the people that own these addresses. And I think that if you continue along that path and that, that, that happens across the board, it's made, it's made a requirement by, by regulators um, and companies have to abide by it. I think you could see, you know, this space is a more le- uh, legitimate area um, than even the traditional banking system. You could see that, you know, absolutely no money laundering taking place in this space. And I think that would be a really, really great opportunity. And I think on our side, I'm a firm believer that, um, you know, if you say five years that we will have, 
or most of the people around the world will have a sort of a portable identity in a digital form um, where the the trust doesn't come from from the home, like your home government or your um, you know local authority um, and that will make it much easier for anybody to to open let's say bank accounts to subscribe to financial services and all of that it's about getting to that point and also getting the traditional financial institutions and regulators to sort of accept that uh, as I mentioned there is there's companies that are working on that right now it's not quite there yet uh, because there's not that level of trust yet but once we solve the problems of assured identity and you know how to transport that safely and securely that it cannot be forged uh, blockchain could be underpinning that uh, I, I think that's really the future. I, I think we're all tired of, you know, submitting a stack of documents two centimeters thick every time we open a, an account somewhere. If that could be done once in your life and, you know, or it could be fluid and changing as, you know, as time goes by and you could just pass the token digitally. I mean, that that would be an amazing future to live in. Yeah. I mean, that would be an amazing future. It would be really critical for so many people who are still you know, off the grid a little bit and might not have all those documents in place and, and how to overcome the kind of bureaucratic obstacles that are often placed in our way simply to do a financial transaction. So Gunnar, Charles, thanks for opening up our eyes a little bit into the future and the importance of KYC and the innovations that you're both doing in this space. Charles from Onvidu and Gunnar from First Digital Trust. I want to thank you both for joining us on this Word on the Block episode today. Thanks. And thank you all for joining us on this latest episode. I'm Forecast News Editor-in-Chief Angie Lau. Until the next time. Thanks, guys. Bye.